0: all right hey everybody welcome to I you Have the watch this podcast I'm Alan I'm Ryan and I'm Devin and just in time for the show Ryan's videos back up hey nice um so today we're we're taking a look at this is something weird that we haven't done on the show before we've we've talked about the sequel to this movie but not this movie um mm-hmm. back before Devin joined the show Ryan and I did an episode on aliens the sequel to alien directed by which is directed by James Cameron. Today we're talking about the original uh, Alien directed by Ridley Scott, which Devin had never seen. Uh, and I'm going to let Ryan take over here in a second, but Devin, have you seen any other Alien films?
1: Does Prometheus count?
0: I would say yes.
1: Yes. So I've seen Prometheus, and I've seen the original Alien versus Predator, and that's it. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so
0: yeah, uh, I'm going to let Ryan get into this because it's his episode and Ryan take it away.
2: Okay. So alien was, uh, alien came out in 1979. Uh, It was directed by Wrigley Scott, as Alan already said, and it stars Sigourney. Sigourney Weaver, uh, Tom Shirk, Shark, Sharked. I hate names. John Hurt, moving <laughs> on. Uh, and a bunch of other people. Um, and this is probably what got me into sci-fi horror as a kid. Oh, wow. Uh, and I, I I only saw it maybe on, like, network television here or there. Uh, but... Eventually, when I got uh, into high school and I started like getting the DVDs to all of the like Alien movies, um, mm-hmm. this one became like a like a very big cornerstone in my movie collection. Even though I do like Aliens more, I really like this one simply because it's like in in my mind it's like right behind it. In, Interesting. In, in the, the in the, the level that I enjoy it, um, so. You guys kind of have my background on it.
0: Uh, Alan, you've seen this before, right? Yes. I th- I know the first time I saw this was in college. And I want to say it was right before Prometheus came out. Because mm-hmm. I, kn- I knew Prometheus was a prequel to this movie. But didn't really have anything to do with the other ones. So I didn't really watch those. But I wanted to watch this one before I saw Prometheus. Because I was and am still a big Damon Lindelof fan. So I wanted to see what he did with the script. Um, and he did stuff with the script. He really went out there with Prometheus. But I enjoyed it. But... Prometheus, that is. Uh, this one... It's so ingrained in pop culture, I think, that I knew a lot of it beforehand. And since then, I've seen so many references to it. And we'll get into some of those <laughs> later. Um but I guess this time watching it, the biggest takeaway for me was, uh, it's the guy from Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh,
2: now no. that
0: I will death glare for that one. Like seriously. I... <laughs> hey, um, the only reason I own that skin is because I have the uh, marching band one where your legs kick up. So every time I I'm as alien, I just do that and go, hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. <laughs> <laughs> Devin can do a test it. Of it. It's Xenomorph. funny as hell It is Xenomorph Yeah
2: <laughs> Okay so uh, Devin You I mean I know this is your first time Seeing it um, mm. uh, Do you like Ridley Scott have, have you seen his other stuff
1: What else has Ridley Scott done I didn't come prepared for this question um, Blade Runner I, Oh then yes I like Ridley Scott quite a bit um, <laughs> Blade Runner is a big one they,
0: Blade um, Runner's the big one The Martian, Thelma and Weeds, Gladiator
1: Oh jeez Yeah he's up there for me now I didn't realize that was all the same guy Yeah Ridley Scott's awesome
2: Okay uh, So what So being that you've seen Prometheus mm-hmm. And I do consider Alien vs. Predator legit So just putting that out there <laughs> um, Okay, What did you think?
1: Yeah so this movie right now ranks up with me uh, along with like Silence of the Lambs where like I had like seriously been doing myself a massive disservice for not seeing this movie Uh, and it's also a little bit like Silence of the Lambs such that like coming into it I was like all right I know what I'm going to see here I'm going to watch a little thing pop out of a guy's chest and then that little thing is going to turn into a big thing and that's going to eat everybody in the end Uh, and I was wrong. Obviously, I was wrong. I mean, you know, yeah, those plot points happened, but that's not all the movie was, so I was very wrong in that. And this... If I were to make movies, this would be the movie I'd make. Or movies like this. Like, this is phenomenal. Every scene of this movie was fantastic. And I'm going to lightly poke fun at parts of it, because I do that to things I love.
2: Believe me, this movie really lends itself to just poking with a stick at certain points okay good by all means that's perfectly fine yeah yes Uh, (laughs) i was gonna i was gonna make a
0: joke but then i realized it made no sense so i'm just not gonna i'm not gonna go there okay um so one of the things
2: that really struck me about this movie when i was younger compared to like uh compared to aliens is that the feeling of uh like i am not a claustrophobic person i am not and in fact the tighter the space the more comfortable i am like Mm -hmm. i will fall asleep in a one-person backpacking tent perfectly fine because it's so enclosed um Mm -hmm. and that's how this movie feels like it's really isolated um it's really claustrophobic and it lends itself perfectly to the whole like cat and mouse game that eventually happens at the Mm -hmm. end of the movie. Um, And I didn't realize at that point that that's the kind of movie that I liked until I saw this. Um, And where that differs from aliens is the fact in aliens, they're on the planet or they're Mm -hmm. back on that planet again. And they're outside some of the time, but the structures they're in are a lot bigger. So it's not as like enclosed um what did so, you guys think about that that uh the
0: where the movie was set and how it felt and that <laughs> so i really like this is probably one of my favorite horror movies because that's what it is it's a horror movie in space i mean the, mm-hmm. the caption for it is in space no one can hear you scream uh it's terrifying it uses the space very well to uh to feel make you feel claustrophobic and trapped with this creature. Um mm-hmm. and and Ryan correct me if I'm wrong, but so this one's a horror film. Aliens is more of an action adventure film. Right? It's more it's yeah, more like an yeah, action adventure war type film.
2: Yeah, I mean what it is it would it would be like if like you were to make Hellraiser the mm-hmm. way it, the way it was, and then, and then like you would make hell, I you know, it, and then you'd make like Hellraiser two, um, but instead of like setting it like Hellraiser one, um, Hellraiser is mm-hmm. now leading an army of demons, and you do like a Band of Brothers type movie to like get them. So I mean, <laughs> you're using a horror monster in more of like an '80s action film.
1: Okay, so yeah, yeah. I don't know why that didn't that didn't sell me on the sequel to this. Like the horror is what. Oh, believe me, when me you in. see
2: it, it will. Okay. Um, it,
1: don't, don't. I have
0: two two names to sell you on it. Do uh-huh. you want them now? or Do you want me to save them?
1: Oh, I'll take them. I'm okay. ready.
0: Um, Bill Paxton, who is.
2: Oh my God! Oh my God!
1: Oh my God! <laughs> oh, oh no! That's <laughs> it. I'm done. see you guys later. See. <laughs> look it up. Hold on. <laughs> bill paxton
0: i can't even think of something else to name if he doesn't know aliens he was in true lies oh he was in twister twister there you go he's the main guy in
2: twister he was the first kid to die by uh uh, he was one of the first people to die in terminator he was one of the two punks Mm. up at the overlook Mm. that gets like their heads ripped off
1: uh he was in spy kids 3d as uh dinky winks yes
0: um and then Got it. second name, Paul uh-huh. Reiser. Paul Reiser.
1: From Mad About You. I don't think I've seen that one. Neither one of these names hit. <laughs> these no, neither one of these hit. I don't know why. Usually I'm better with this. Oh, man. My okay, two so directed by James Cameron. How's that? Does that hit? That helps. Oh, Jeffrey from Beverly Hills Cop. I know Paul Reiser. That was a man. bad reference, by the way. <laughs>
2: And not just that it was directed by Cameron. It was the fact that Cameron worked with Scott to make the second one.
1: Yeah. Oh, see, I like that. I also have a lot of respect for Cameron in general. I know that's a super yeah. hot take and no one will agree with me.
0: Yeah, it's, be- it's before he made everyone blue in his films.
1: Ooh. And I'm counting oh, Jack from Titanic,
0: but in ching. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay so Sorry.
2: ignoring that Devin, what did you think about the claustrophobic experience
1: oh i loved it there was okay there was this scene where uh <laughs> the, the ship was literally like panning away from the camera just after the little alien ran away and i just went it could be anywhere and i was alone in my living room and said that what like, did you say and, and that's true. Wait, what did you
0: say your mic cut out just as you said that
1: ah that's yeah. awesome i said uh I literally said out loud, it could be anywhere. And like, it it just, it did it so well where it was like, okay, you are trapped in here with it. And like, you know, they, they kept using the cat and mouse. Like, I I mean, the cat and mouse was a thing, but obviously I love that they like drove the metaphor home by literally having a cat. Like, I thought that was fun.
2: Yeah. He is. She is. I forget. Oh, Jones. Jones Jonesy.
0: Jonesy, the cat's name? Is Jonesy, Which is yeah. also the name of Jonesy the character in Fortnite who pulled Ripley and Jonesy into the game. So maybe that's where they got the name Jonesy.
1: Oh, uh, maybe.
2: Anyway, so Devin, <laughs> the, um, Ryan is not
1: impressed. I'm not.
2: So Devin, um, the uh, so um, when it comes to Aliens too. Um, instead of having the feeling yes. of like the claustrophobicness, you kind of get that to a point because the movie opens mm-hmm. with it. It opens is with the, it opens with the claustrophobic feeling, and then it moves mm-hmm. into being like, oh, okay, it looks like everything's gonna be fine. And then what happens? They go back with a like bunch go of back marines. To... They go back okay. to the planet again that they landed on with a bunch of marines. And there's one giant structure and one mini structure, and they go mm-hmm. in between the 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 uh, and they go in between the two, but they're being chased by like thousands of them, and not just one. Oh wow! Um, so hopefully that sells you on the second one.
1: I mean, I want to see it. Trust me, I do. Yeah. I
0: have yet to see three okay. and four.
1: Oh,
2: believe so. me, those are going to be happening through me. So don't worry about that. Okay. Um, good.
1: I can't wait. Okay,
0: so
2: uh this movie is also the one where like okay so there are movies that i've seen actors in but i've never been like oh i recognize that actor and it's Mm -hmm. not until i see them do a certain role that i'm like oh now i know that person and then i you know and then i see them and everything so yeah and that happened to me with um oh my god what's his name i feel horrible for this clue um tim curry tim curry like yes. i saw him in a bunch of films when you know growing up but i never like recognized him between the movies mm-hmm. and then i saw the movie congo and he's in congo and then my dad pointed out oh that's um th- 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 that's the guy from rocky horror picture show and then like 15 dominoes fell in my brain i'm like oh i love this guy because <laughs> all the movies i've ever seen him in you know that was weaver for me in this like i it's like i'd seen her in other stuff but i had never been like been able to like you know pinpoint where she was and then i saw this movie Mm -hmm. and i was like oh okay now she became one of my favorite you know uh and then she became one of my favorite actors now her character in this coming out in a movie that came out in 1979 she's the hero in this yeah Mm -hmm. and usually it's and usually films like this this is a very male dominant like character yeah that would Mm -hmm. you know uh, that would have usually gotten this role How did you guys feel about Her being the focal point of this And how she handled everything
1: Devin you go first I thought it was fascinating I thought her role was really Cool where she like She wasn't like the I don't know I feel like this movie could have like really Stumbled a little bit if it followed like the grizzled captain who's seen it all, and this is <laughs> one mission too much, or something like that. And it wasn't. And I think she was the, the like the best character to follow, especially because she was the one that had to make the call whether or not people should be let on the ship. She was the one that basically gets the "I told you so" moment the whole freaking movie. And like, I don't know. And she was a great character. Um, yeah, I just I, I loved it. I loved her in this. Yeah, she's
0: okay. she's one of the classic horror action heroes, because it kind of falls into the whole last girl category of things. Like she's the last girl to survive, which you also get in scream, uh, in, in scary movie. I don't know why that those are the two examples I go to, but it's kind of like the, this, the, um, one of the best examples of that, because she is the one saying like, she, she's the only one using her head. Like, no, we shouldn't let him on the ship because we have these protocols in place. Um, but yeah, I really like her performance in this. I think she's a great actress and brings that gravitas to everything that she does. Like she's very, um, powerful and I, I really enjoy yeah. her in this. Yeah. I mean,
2: she's my favorite part of avatar. So
0: I forgot she was in avatar. Oh, yeah.
1: She's good in that. <laughs>
2: Okay, so um, when it comes to the other characters in this, the the, the, the other crewmates, uh, who did you guys like? Who did you guys hate? Who did you cheer a little bit when they got eaten? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like Brett, Harry Dean Stanton's character. Oh yeah, who's just like, yep, like wearing Hawaiian shirts the whole time, just like trying to trying to get home and messing with, like, just doing trying to do his job. I really enjoyed him Um, and Parker. I like the two of them. I like their dynamic because they're just like, they were fun. This sucks. Like, I just want to go home. Like, why are we doing this? Mm.
2: (laughs) What about the bonus? We need to talk about the the bonus situation.
0: (laughs) You're not getting a bonus (laughs) for the podcast, Ryan. I've told you.
1: (laughs) I I think my favorite person was, uh, I mean, really was John hurt Uh, his character. I forget his name uh but i just love john hurt um but i really his character specifically his death hurt, like hurt me the most i think um just because like literally like a second before like alien popped out of his chest he was like man when i get home i'm going to do i'm like oh he's got plans for the future and then you alien popped out of his chest and then oh with that scene when they popped out of the chest he did that like Specifically, John heard did like the, the arm twitching thing. Like that really got me. Like I, ooh, no thanks.
0: So that's one of the most famous. I think that is the most famous scene from this movie, right? The chestburster. So Devin, mm-hmm. did you know that scene was coming when it was coming?
1: I didn't know when it was coming. I knew eventually he was on a table. I knew that eventually an alien popped out of his chest. I didn't know it was like, while they were eating dinner, like a scene after he was like, guys, I'm fine. Uh, I didn't think it was that soon. So that was a little bit shocking when it happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, quarantine logic 101. <laughs> Somebody has an alien on their face and then it just disappears. Don't let that person out of a locked room because chances are something's growing inside of them. That's going to burst out.
1: Yeah. I. You no, know, we know I, that the movie now. is more believable <laughs> now to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, hmm? that... wait, what?
2: I, I want to touch on that. Why is it more believable now than you think it would have been?
1: When? I'm gonna say pre. We'll call it 2020. I'm just picking a day. Um, so pre 2020. Yeah, March 13th. Just random date. Um, <laughs> pre that date, I think I would have been like, "These guys are idiots." Sigourney Weaver told them not to come in. They came in anyway. They're not listening to lockdown protocols. They deserve what they got. Now I'm like, oh, yeah, people just do this.
2: Oh, OK. I'm sorry. I thought you meant that a different way. So, oh, I yeah, don't mind that's me. what I mean. <laughs> I thought you were talking about. The, uh, I thought you were talking about the whole thing of like. The whole quarantine aspect of it. I thought you were oh, like oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah it's like oh it makes so much more sense now and I'm like I if you had an alien on your face you shouldn't be around other people like <laughs>
0: hey,
1: just don't please don't do that yeah
0: you know how you can prevent I aliens did. from getting on your face wear a mask uh.
2: okay. <laughs> there you go. so um i have to say my favorite other character it has to be the android and i know oh, yeah. Now, the whole chestburster thing, uh, people know about that. The whole thing about the alien on the ship. like This movie, like it's so ingrained in popular culture that I think spoiler-ish stuff is kind of out the window. So if you're hearing stuff right. now and you're kind of mad, I'm, it's whatever, I'm sorry. But the one part that I was kind of hesitant to talk about still, um, because I mm-hmm. feel like it's such an awesome reveal, is when you find out that the guy is a synthetic. And then you watch it again... And it's just he has little corks, the way he s- moves. Like, if you watch this movie again, Devin, look at mm-hmm. him specifically and look at his movements, look at the fact that he's not really eating when oh, wow. everybody else is eating. Um, I mean, he drinks, but he doesn't really, like, eat, eat. Um, mm-hmm. But he's got to be my favorite character besides... <laughs> Weaver in this, uh, simply because, like, without him... You don't get the movie without him being basically like overriding everybody and being like, well, I'm the hand of the company. I do what I want without him Mm -hmm. having that attitude. None of this happens.
1: Well, and that was one of the plot points that I think genuinely shocked me because like I knew that like they were going to spend it like running away from aliens. I didn't know there was a milk powered robot on the ship either. And like that genuinely (laughs) shocked me. Yeah, and
2: that's a recurring theme throughout all the rest of the movies too, which is awesome. So,
0: uh, hmm? in the <laughs> chat, uh, Waylon Utanani says xenomorphs are just foreign conspiracies by their competitors. I hear Ripley is a paid crisis actor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that. Well, speaking wow. speaking of theories on Alien. Ryan, do you buy into this and Blade Runner being in a shared universe?
2: Yes, one hundred percent. I I think. What's the
0: connection? I think it's the Whalen Company. The synthetic. Yeah, and, so, and the synthetics. Um, synthetics.
2: Yeah, the it's the synthetic uh, connection. And I read an article once that, and it, it's been years. So, correct me if I'm wrong. If mm. anybody in the chat knows, but there's a quick show of and I think it's actually aliens where they go through and they're showing the crew that got uh, uh, that's deceased during a board mm-hmm. meeting and they flash the captain and they uh-huh. show his credentials and if you pause the screen and read it the, the one of the companies that he worked for before working for the whaling company was the company that made synthetics in Blade Runner that's cool
0: yeah I think we're gonna. I think Devin and I are doing a special episode on Blade Runner in the near future, so we'll have to deep dive into that when we get to that. Um,
1: Yeah,
0: that that and the architecture is kind
1: of the same. I mean, that makes sense though, but it brings up something that I loved about this movie. I love the. I don't know why this like is such my like favorite thing lately. I love the idea of like corporate sponsored space travel, where it's like. It's not intrepid young men exploring the great beyond. It's literally like the company pays us to do this. We're doing what the company says. We're not going to deviate from what the company says because they're doing this.
0: Here, let, let me give you uh, Elon Tusk's number. <laughs> hey, oh, oh, my, my God. No, I he is so wailing. Cool. He is? He's
2: wailing 100%. And once you see the other movies, oh, my God, it's even worse.
0: Yeah. Did I say Tusk? Elon Musk. Wait. Like,
1: ugh. No, I thought you were making a very specific Rick and Morty joke where he shows up in it as Elon Tusk. <laughs> That's what and it I was. was like, I was
0: didn't try to, but it was uh, accidental. Rick. It's like Morgan. good
1: pull. Yeah. If
2: if anybody on this planet has a human in, in a, if anybody on this planet has a mm-hmm. zoo in a uh, in their basement with humans morphed into walruses, it's him.
1: Agreed. Agreed.
2: I need to get Kevin Smith in here somewhere. So that's how I, I... It.
0: <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Smith keeps his in the window at his comic book store. So, yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. They have the, the Tusk oh. uh, costume on display at the stash. That's amazing.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, so, um,
2: I want to get into favorite scenes real quick. Um, i'll give you mine give you some time to think okay. uh when ripley goes into like the maintenance area and she's <laughs> trying to talk to uh uh, uh parker and uh Bert, Bert about you know like getting stuff fixed because they basically crashed on the planet and yeah. the like the steam pipes are going and they're shouting at each other and you know parker's just like trolling her and she eventually walks away and then he just turns the steam off <laughs> like that is that to me and it's little things like that that made this movie believable because you have these people working on this ship there's only like seven of them or eight of them and they're in so close proximity that you're going to get those moments like you're going to get the unprofessional you know conversations that just get you know that people just let go because you're at each other's throats 24 7 for like five years
0: and i just love those moments in this movie all right, I think I got my favorite scene. Uh, okay. It's after the xenomorph is loose in the ship and they split up in the two groups and then they almost catch the cat. Um, mm-hmm. And then they split up again because that's a great idea. And then Brett's in this <laughs> engine room with all these chains by himself and there's just this very long shot of Harry Dean Stanton with like this big dark spot beside him and you keep thinking that the alien's going to pop out of the shadows there and it doesn't it's just this tension with all these places this thing could come out of and then when it finally does it it still gets you like it just does such a great job of building up tension because there's so many possibilities for it to come out of and there's so many noises with the chains and the cat and then the alien it's just so tense
1: So my scene then is literally, I think, three seconds after your scene. So I liked the tension in that part. But this had what I think is the most realistic scene in any horror movie, uh, where Alien pops out, kills that character, and Cat just impassively watches, just could not give less of a shit about this character Mm -hmm. dying in front of him. Uh, I love it because I think it's hilarious. But I also love it because at that point I was like, oh, they're doing a metaphor. I caught it. So that was that was my favorite part.
2: That's how you took the cat?
1: Yeah, I took the cat as a metaphor for the cat, literally the cat-mouse and dynamic set up by the alien. And then the fact okay. that while, Rib- well, while Ridley's running away, she's literally carrying the cat, and at the end of the movie she puts the cat to bed. Or to rest. Like, you know, however you want to torture that metaphor.
2: <laughs> so... I'm more referring to you saying like how the cat was watching like it didn't care. It was like passive. I didn't take it that way. I took it that, oh, that really? cat was just scared out of its mind and was frozen. Oh.
1: Because that's how
2: I mean like I mean it's like majority of people think mm-hmm. who for the for the majority of people, they see cats as, you know, the whole scaredy cat stereotype and they run yeah. away and they hide under the bed. But if you got a cat that's truly petrified,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's gonna turn to stone. And it's just going to stare. I just. That's how. I very much took the cat as
1: like. As like, ugh, one less human to worry about. Good.
2: You took it as the. You took it as the the, uh, asshole cat
1: stereotype. (laughs) As the how to teach your cat about guns cat,
2: basically. Yeah, Yeah, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Okay. So. Yeah, oh. go ahead. Yes. The score. What did you think? Not, not super iconic. It is Jerry Goldsmith. I want to say, let me double check that. What? that's not the app I clicked. I click on IMDB and it just opens my fitness pal. I'm like, no. <laughs> um, yeah. It is, it's I'm Jer- watching
1: movies. Get outside.
0: It's Jerry Goldsmith. So it's not his most iconic space score. Uh, which I would say is Star Trek, but it's good. Um, I think the lack of music in the tense parts is
1: more important in this one than the
0: music itself. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I, I want to piggyback on that and ask about sound design. So I watched it on my laptop this morning and man, I had the hardest time because a lot of it was really tense and I really got some of it was very loud characters talking was really hard for me to hear sometimes. And sometimes I like rewind, like turn the volume up for a bit. Was that intentional or was that just like my bad experience watching the movie? I want to
0: say it's more your experience watching the movie.
1: Cause generally I thought the sound mixing and the sound design in this was phenomenal, at least from like the parts that I think my laptop didn't completely mess up.
0: I watched this uh, I got to work early this morning, so I put it on mm-hmm. on my big screen with my AirPods in. Oh, it's cool. Um, and I, I I really enjoy the sound design. I think it's designed to be in a quiet environment. Um, sure. A quiet, quiet, dark environment is the best way to watch this. You don't want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want like a laptop fan interfering with the sound or anything with this. Um, did you have headphones in, or were you just doing it through the speakers on the laptop?
1: I was just doing it through the speakers, and in all fairness, literally right there is uh, a construction site. So, you know, I'd get, like, super tense alien moment mixed with, oi, just, like, being shouted well, from outside. Well, it's then that, that's
0: like saying, like, trying to watch Gravity at a Aerosmith concert. You're not going <laughs> to get a good sound experience.
1: Why was Aerosmith well,
0: what you pulled there? <laughs> space, Armageddon, I don't know. There you, oh, well, there you go. I like that.
2: So to kind of add to Devin, I get those issues all the time. Like I'll be watching on like, uh, I'll be watching on Hulu or Amazon. um, And there are certain apps that are a big problem with this where I'll be watching a movie and like an action film or something. And it's got really, really loud moments. And then they'll go to talking and I've got to like turn the volume from like twenty degrees one direction to twenty degrees the other, because right. if you listen to it loud enough, that you could hear them talking. When the explosions and guns or or you know whatever starts going off, I'm afraid I'm afraid that I'm going to blow out my speakers. <laughs> and I, I absolutely that, hate that. Like that's one of those yeah. things that I absolutely hate about whatever streaming, if it's a setting or whenever how they calculate that stuff, or if it's mm-hmm. done purposefully like I right. really hate
1: that. It makes me mad. Makes me <laughs> well, mad. and here well, and here's why I even brought it up because I typically if stuff like that happens, I'm like, okay, it's my laptop. Okay, it's my TV. It's it's my system whatever. I heard stories about the script of this movie that the script was just intentionally sparse and that like Ripley was never like physically described ever. Uh so it could have been any actor playing Ripley and that like You know intentionally the script was Written in a very like bare bones way And I didn't know if They were trying to reflect that in the Like you know they were trying to reflect that In the the dialogue
0: Okay I mean it could be I Ryan I'm almost like what do you stream Through your Xbox
2: Xbox My phone it happens regardless Of what thing I'm using
0: Alright. I was, I was just so, curious if maybe um, it was like a setting on your Xbox that... Because it, th- th- a lot of streaming pr- platforms do have that issue. I know CBS All Access back before it was Paramount Plus, I was having issues with to the point where I got a new TV and it kind of fixed it. Oh, wow. So,
2: yeah. um, so I've got uh, a shout out to an actor that doesn't really get a lot of uh, representation when it comes to this movie. But the guy that was actually in the Xenomorph suit. Okay. Um, I'm going. I'm going to butcher his name. I feel horrible about it, but it is what it is. (laughs) Bolaja Badjo. Okay. B o l a g i. B a d e j j o. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there he is. Okay. So, I always watch documentaries on these movies whenever they come out. Um, Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, he passed away in 1992 at the age Uh of 39. Um, But I love how he portrayed the movements of this monster. Because it was perfect. The lankiness, the slow movement, the quick movement when it was needed, um, the crawling—it um, just—it made it ten times better compared to it being like just a puppet on like a, a like on metal tubes that would like shoot out of like a corner or something. Like I really liked what he did physically for the role, especially in the end when Ripley's trying to like you know shoot the thing out of the airlock and she sees it sleeping and it like crawls out of where it was you know. Um, of where it was and they model um, all of the xenomorphs and all of the rest of the movies are modeled after his movements so even though he isn't around anymore when they CGI these monsters
0: they're using him as a template
1: oh that's cool
0: so I think the best example of the aliens movement that I can think of has nothing to do with the alien franchise but there's a Halloween episode of Community (laughs) Where Abed dresses as the Xenomorph, and uh-huh. he does like the movements perfectly. It, like when I think of the alien moving, I I can appreciate that because I'm pretty sure they just pulled it straight from the m- movie as well.
1: See, oh yeah, I wouldn't cool. be surprised. Yeah,
0: because that's such an Abed thing to do too.
1: What to like literally study the movement of the oh, thing yeah. he's going to dress as? Yeah, that's fun. You've seen Community, right? Not all of it. I think I've seen season one. Oh,
0: not intentionally.
1: Like it wasn't like something that I I don't enjoy. Tune in next week where I have Devon
0: watch all of Community.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have the time. So,
2: and then there's a. It's true. (laughs) There's another. and i cannot bring it up right now on my phone so i apologize because i don't know the guy's name um the design of this movie uh when it comes to the alien craft and Mm -hmm. the weird hallways and the eggs and even the xenomorph itself is done by an artist i think he lives in britain somewhere Mm -hmm. um he has a coffee table book of all of his art that released for a very short period of time Kristen and I really, really want that book, but it's like $900 because they don't print it anymore, and the thing is so Uh-oh. sought after. Um, Are you looking for the his, name
0: Ian Whitaker?
2: That's probably it. Okay. He's he he's the one that the xenomorph design is based off of because he's the one that came up with it before even the movie was even a thing. Um, oh, so H.R. Geiger. Like,
1: that's who you're looking into. Hmm? I found it. It's H.R. Geiger.
2: Okay, so this guy designed pretty much the premise of these monsters before the mm-hmm. the before the idea of the movie was even around, and if you look at his artwork, it is amazing. It is disturbing. Okay. It is depressing, and it is some of the best stuff I've ever seen. Um, now, the reason why they picked him was because he does a lot of like sensual stuff in his art. Um, mm-hmm. I'm using the word sensual extremely broadly. In this sense, um, but it kind of goes into part of the fear of the monster in the movie because we can all say, "I mean, what the face hugger does to its victims is horrifying," mm-hmm. and that was done purposefully. That was written into the movie purposefully to scare, particularly specifically men. And you can find this in interviews from the writers and the directors. Like this was supposed to like put fear in men that they normally don't like even want to talk about. Um, but it's a fear that everybody shares and Mm -hmm. it's basically just being violated like horribly. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where some of the fear comes from these monsters and the stuff that this artist depicts kind of goes into that a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. And like I said before, Kristen and I really wanted his, like, coffee table book of, like, all of his artwork in it. But if you look it up, it's the things, like, I'd,
0: I'd honestly rather buy a car. <laughs> <laughs> so Because it's that much. It I, I'm kind of curious now. Yeah. Devin, is there a coffee table book that you're after? Because there's one for me, too. It's the uh, Drew Struzan movie poster book that I've been trying to find for years. Uh, Drew Struzan did, like, all of the uh, Indiana Jones posters, uh, the Star Wars posters, Goonies, Back to the Future. He has a book with all oh, wow. of his posters in it um, that I've been on the hunt for. Devin, do
1: you have one? Uh, I I owned a coffee table book um, of Pittsburgh uh, that friend of the show, Brian, got me. Uh, and I think we still have it. Uh, it's not currently on our coffee table, but yeah, there's one that that I think is just so funny, and I mean maybe it's a little funny, less funny now, uh, but at the time it was really great. It's called the beautiful poetry of Donald Trump, uh, and it's just a a picture of him just relaxing in a poet's vest, uh, and I don't know what's inside it, but just I just like want that cover, like I think it's hilarious. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's that, literally I just—it's just an ironic one. It's not even a. And by the way, Ryan, for the H.R. Geiger thing, uh, they used an H.R. Geiger picture. I don't know if you guys know the album. It's called Brain Salad Surgery by Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. It's their most famous album. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very much along the same vein as Alien, and I love his artwork, which is why I like jumped on it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that guy.
2: Yeah, it's just, I love the fact that the idea for the monster was around before the idea of the movie was around. Like, just right. like just that idea that, like, they were like, oh, instead of coming up with an idea for an alien, they were like, oh, this guy's stuff is really weird. This would be perfect. And right. it was just kind of, like, thrusted onto the guy. Yeah. Um,
0: so um I did not mean to put it that way. Uh <laughs> <laughs>
1: I see what you did there.
0: But production wise they kind of meant for it to be put on that way. Uh yeah, yeah, no, true. Um yeah. So, in case anyone wasn't catching the drift you were hinting at earlier. <laughs> yeah, Sierra exactly. Men, so Yeah. Um
2: I Devin, so you've seen Prometheus, right? Yes. Okay, so this is a big stinging point for a lot of, like, hardcore Alien fans and the prequels. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the, I guess they call them creators, or uh, the, the architect in the giant chair that they come across right. with the hole in the chest? How did you process what they found compared to what you saw in
1: Prometheus? I mean, it was it was different, like, by a lot. And I was – when I saw it in Prometheus, I was like, all right, I guess that's where aliens come from. And then I think I had that moment today where I was like, I remember that differently. Why is that different? And, like, I had seen Prometheus, like, you know, I must have been, like, drunk eight years ago or something when I watched Prometheus. So, like, I don't remember large swaths of it. I remember a circle thing falling on them and me going, run to the side, Uh I remember that
0: <laughs> the CinemaSins sins uh, Prometheus school of running away from things, yeah. <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> um, but I and I remember Michael Fassbender being amazing in it. Um, but I like when they showed the creator or the maker or architect or whatever in this movie. I was like, doesn't that look different? Is there like a reason for that? Okay, so um,
2: here's the thing, and I am not one of these people that crap on the prequels because I, you know. I like them. It's been 20, 30 years, 40, almost 40 years since they originally made this. So there's going to be mm-hmm. some artistic differences and storyline differences, whatever. But anyway, um, so everybody thought, including me, that mm-hmm. what they found was a skeleton and like a mummified remains. So everybody yeah. thought that the species that that skeleton belonged to looked like elephants. Because that's pretty much what the helmet looks like. Their helmet looks like an elephant, a weird elephant creature. Um, sure. In Prometheus, they show that no, that's a helmet, and they actually have a humanish-looking skull Uh-oh. underneath. It's like a space but the exactly. So what they find is actually a spacesuit. But the problem is that when they go down and look at the chest, there's no in, there. There is no defined space between where the space helmet stops and where the rib cage begins it all looks like one giant skeleton oh, so right. everybody was like what do you mean that's what the guy was like in the giant tub with the gun thingy on it because
1: yeah
2: you know we thought that was the skeleton not like you know oh a reveal 40 years later it's not a skull it's a space helmet <laughs> like you know <laughs> you know it's like that whole thing who would have
0: thought a fan base for a sci-fi series would have problems with things that are established in prequels? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, too
1: soon, too soon. So, yeah, is it though? So, no. when it comes to, you uh,
2: know, it's it's not. Um, <laughs> so. Now that you got that explanation, when it comes to, um, now that you got that explanation, when it comes
1: to that aspect of it, what do you think? I mean, I think it's interesting. I, I'm never really one to be like judgy when people like do those like weird plot twists, you know, later in life. I just think that's an interesting aspect of it, and I didn't know that it was a mm-hmm. helmet. And I, I want to watch it again to see if I catch it.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, yeah i I really want to go back and revisit Prometheus again because mm-hmm. I've only seen it the one time in theaters, and I wanted to watch it again before Alien Covenant came out. Um, I have no desire to rewatch Alien Covenant. I was not a fan of that film. Oh no. Um.
2: hope Devin, do not let that discourage you from watching the movie. No,
0: I say, I say, if you <laughs> if you enjoyed Fassbender in prometheus definitely watch covenant like he's the best part okay. of that movie um and the worst part <laughs> um <laughs> and the movie's great i didn't like where the story went um oh okay and it doesn't seem like we're gonna get any resolution to that so that's a shame yeah
2: see i like where it went
0: <laughs> i would like it more if we were gonna get payoff to it but i don't think we are 'Cause I did some research last night and doesn't look like it doesn't look good. Oh no, you talk about really a cat doesn't. and mouse game. This mouse came in and bought the alien franchise and kind of messed some production things up. Really? Yeah. Uh Alien's a Fox prod uh Fox film and they were bought out by Disney. Don't know if you knew about that, Devin.
1: Disney's- you know what? I didn't know that it was a Fox property. i de- like I didn't connect that. So- so, the
2: so the Alien Queen that they show mm-hmm. later in the movies is a mm-hmm. Disney princess. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I
0: hate it. Well, that that reminds me. Devin, yeah. you and I have gone to the Hollywood Casino near where we grew yeah. up. Do you yeah. remember the Alien Queen there?
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's the that best, was cool. It's the best part of the casino because the Alien Queen does not take your money. <laughs>
2: But, um, what did you think of the eggs?
1: Oh, I thought they were awesome. I love their design, and I mean, obviously, like the 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 top was a little where they just like go boop and they like open up. I, I think that's a little bit like unrealistic in nature. But I'm like, I, I that's I that was my first thought was I was like nature wouldn't just let them pop out of the egg like that. But then I'm like Devin, you're watching a alien movie. Stop it.
2: And you also watch Prometheus, which basic no, hang on, that was Covenant. I I'm not saying anything. Promet- oh okay.
0: Prometheus gets it all kinds of confusing because there's like so many different combinations of things that need to happen to get to a thing, and it, it it's confusing. So. Oh weird. Yeah. Um. Final thoughts on Alien before we wrap this up.
2: I wanted to to know what Devin wanted to poke a stick at.
1: So do it. a couple of things. Uh, first one was Milk Robot. <laughs> Second one, <laughs> hey. I just I don't know why, but I was like white stuff. Why is it? I don't know. It just I, I thought it was hilarious. Um, I think that I loved, loved, loved the, the how little they showed the entirety of the alien until he's floating outside in space next to like the rocket. And I was like, why is this the best full view of the alien I'm getting? Like, I didn't love that. And then up until maybe the halfway mark, I was completely convinced that the uh, that the set design and that the like overall production design was done by Richard Bruce Glickman. Uh, if you guys don't know who that is, that is the creator of the fog machine Because everything was fog in this freaking movie. Even their, like, helmets had fog machines on the top of them.
0: All right, I want to go through every single point you just made, starting with that last one. So, one of two things happened here, Ryan. Either Devin just knows the inventor of the fog machine off the top of his head, (laughs) or he took the time to Google the inventor of the fog machine. I hope it's the second one. But i never I'm, know.
2: knowing knowing Devin, it's the first one because somebody <laughs> at some point brought a fog machine to a party and he just thought it was the most annoying thing because he couldn't see his feet. So he's like, I need to know who to hate. And then he googled it and looked it up, and now he just knows who it is. Because I could definitely see Devin getting upset because he can't see his feet at his feet at a party because of a fog machine. What was his name again? That's the
0: thing
1: that would make me mad. Was it? What was his name again? Ivan Dickelberg? What? Richard Bruce Glickman.
0: Glickman okay Glickman friend of the show
1: yeah Richard Bruce friend Glickman. of the show Richard Bruce Glickman <laughs> so basically he was like oh
2: if I take dry ice and put a fan next to it
1: that's not what a fog
0: machine is though
1: oh they're it a whole thing my you mind. Can, yeah you can get a hot one you get a cold one I've trust yeah. me I have experience with fog machines
0: oh I bet you're the fog <laughs> machine expert
1: <laughs> couldn't couldn't see my feet for a whole year
0: I really hope next week that you just have fog machines going in your apartment.
1: (laughs) I need it now. So,
0: I want to get on the
2: whole thing with him being upset that his full view of the alien was when it was floating in space.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about that, too. Um, For me, it's... like Ryan, you can talk to this a little bit more, but I feel like it was the Jaws effect, where technically it was easier to show little of the alien until the end. Like, seeing less is more like it makes it more suspenseful Mm -hmm. was that a production thing or
2: that was a production thing one well i think they wanted to show it earlier on but i mean the Mm -hmm. suit's good the actor was great that was in Mm -hmm. the suit but um lighting on the suit Mm -hmm. i think wasn't the best of what they thought it was going to be so they decided to go more on like the hidden monster um they also changed its head at some point because the way that the aliens work is that it, you know, it you get the face hugger, it impregnates mm-hmm. you, um, it uses your DNA to create a specified creature to oh. take you out and to basically, you know, like harvest everybody else. Um, so, when the original suit they made, the head dome piece that kind of looks like a bottlenose dolphin like top like that like slopiness to it um Mm -hmm. there was actually a human skull in that thing that you could kind of like see through because it was like gelatin to to like kind of like show that it was there was like human dna in it and you can see Mm -hmm. it used in some of the scenes but they put a more solid surface on it at one point because it just wasn't working for most of the scenes sure um but it was definitely the whole jaws thing it was like this is going to be creepy this is going to be more creepy if we just don't show it until, like, the very end. Or just show and it this in extreme
0: one of... close-ups. Yeah.
2: Exactly. So, th- this is one of those things where either you go all in on less is more with a monster, or mm-hmm. you show what it is up front. And I personally like the fact that you don't really see it see it until... Ripley has almost gotten rid of it because you get that sense of relief. It's like, Oh my gosh, she finally got that thing out of, you know, the
1: airlock. But then
2: it's like, huh, eh, I'm not gone yet. It's like, oh my God.
1: well, no. So I, I, I think I might've like miss like framed it here. I loved the fact that it was less is more for the movie. I oh, okay. think the fact that in the end, when it was floating outside the airlock next to the vent, I think it just looked like John Hurt in a suit. Like you lost all of the actors, like, you know, like fluidity of movement you lost like any kind of nuance to the role and it just looked more cheap because of it. I almost would have preferred it being more hidden, even if it was floating outside about to be dead. But I think part of that,
0: I think part of that has to do with it just floating in space aimlessly. Like it doesn't have any control at that point. Like it's just trying to survive at that point. Like the whole, uh, Mm. the Android's whole thing is like this thing's a, perfect creature and will do anything to survive and it's trying and it can't Mm. so that's the first time that the alien shows weakness is the look at me schooling you again like yes we got one in this time guys (laughs) we got Uh, it the the alien's helpless like it's the first time in this film that it has no control over anything and that's why it looks so weak and so let like it loses all stature that it had before
1: yeah, I guess that was my problem with it. I guess it was just like I was so scared by this thing and, you know, it had like the mouth that came out of the other mouth. Like I knew about that, but like what a design. Like what a what a cool design yeah. choice.
0: Not like, not to bring it back to this because I know it's going to piss Ryan off, but in Fortnite <laughs> when <laughs> when you have when you have the Xenomorph skin Eat anything because you can do like. I have an emote where he just eats popcorn, he eats the popcorn, and the little mouth pops out, and you feed the popcorn to that. Okay, 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 (laughs) okay. 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 That's funny. Yeah, that's that's funny.
2: I like that. I like that. Okay, so I'm just gonna put this out there because I don't want people thinking that I'm some like video game snob. The reason why I'm rolling my eyes at you with the whole Fortnite thing is because mm-hmm. you're at an age where your reference for Xenomorph should be the movies or it other is. popular <laughs> culture things. If if somebody's under the age of like 20 or 22 or something and their point of reference is Fortnite, that's
0: fine. I'm like, okay, cool. Have you seen the movie? Hey, no, it's not
2: here. All I
0: know... Is we're streaming this on Twitch, so the more I can bring up Fortnite, the more views we might get. So, I'm just (laughs) just trying to help us out here.
2: That's fine. I just don't want people thinking that I'm some Fortnite snob, because I'm not. It's, you know, it's the fact that you as a 30-year-old are bringing it up as a reference to a movie that came out 30 years ago. (laughs) Oh, I love it.
1: (laughs) Um, All right, so let's... Devin, what was that third thing? The Milk. The Milk. The Milk. It was just the milk. It was silly. I don't, milk, I'm not yeah. that serious about it. It's just. It was okay. so silly that like it was just all white fluid. I get it. It's the See, same. To me, st- it's disgusting. What it was gross.
0: disgusting for me was when he started the talking and it just came out of his mouth like bloop.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: like if that was it, actual milk, that had to smell nasty <laughs> after a while. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. See, for me, well, well, the first time I saw that, and I saw the white. um... Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a little weird. So with my medical stuff, like mm-hmm. white has always been kind of a bad thing. Oh. Because of like inflammation and other issues, uh, and, and medical issues you can have. When the color white gets involved, so it's not good. I'm white. hearing sure. myself. Yeah. Okay. I'm not hearing myself now. You're fine. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. So, so when when the color white is involved when it comes to like a human body that's not usually a good mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> so right. when I saw that I got put back into like a few memories that I have and I'm just like oh my mm. god that's disgusting oh that's horrible this you know and it, to me it got like the right effect and funny thing is a lot of American audiences felt the same way Devon did it was like oh it's the milkman it's the milk robot he's got <laughs> milk he's got this another thing they show when they showed this film in Japan. People literally got sick.
1: Wow. Um,
2: and, and this is a cultural difference. So mm-hmm. over in Japan, the color white is the symbol of death or culturally speaking oh. in their history. White is not a good color. Usually it is, you know, just for death and dying and sickness and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it's still like accepted as a thing, but I know at one point it was. Um, but. So, the whole white aspect of, like, the thing being full of, like, white fluid to keep it, like, self-running um, was very dramatic. It's kind of like seeing the blue blood in Captain Marvel. You know, like, that's the signifier to, like, if somebody's not human, it's the blue mm-hmm. blood. So Got it. You know. And there's a lot of white in the second one at one point. <laughs> oh.
1: That's so yeah, I that makes a lot of sense though and i like that connection to like japan like you know because yeah it it just feels like an interesting kind of like twist on it where it's like i don't yeah. know it could have been like motor oil or they could have been like fake blood in him
2: it, what it reminded it me been... of
1: was oh god no, no 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 go 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 well what, what it reminded me of was apocalypse now where when they finally find i think it's keats He's got like the egg dripping down his head and it's got like that, especially the point where the Android like turns and you see like the white start to slowly trickle down his head. Uh, And I thought they were doing an intentional homage until I looked it up and they were both released in 79. So maybe they just (laughs) had extra white dye on the set that day or something.
0: Hmm. It's actually the same stuff they use in the um, baby toy baby bottles.
1: Is, is it no look i would buy it
0: um all right anything else on alien before we wrap this up it sounds like stream or it sounds like our twitch streams having some issues and it's just a black I screen so i want to try to get this wrapped up
1: i love this movie this was awesome
0: all right how quick are you going to be to You're watch to
1: aliens hear. oh probably tomorrow morning nice good
0: uh and then we'll talk about uh Alien 3 at some point Good, I can't wait It's weird that we're doing them out of order It'll be before
2: the end of the summer
0: Yeah. Oh good, okay So the other thing that I wanted to talk about with Alien Is We didn't plan this very well Uh, We missed Alien Day By one day Yesterday was Alien Day (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I guess 426 426 is the planet That you land on Or something.
2: Oh, I've been involved in so many Facebook alien groups, and yeah, uh, and I follow people on Twitter when it comes to this like fandom, and I didn't see anything about this.
0: Oh, weird. Yeah, it's okay. That's weird. We're here. It's alien. It's alien week for all I care. But next (laughs) Tuesday is an actual day that we're not gonna miss. Next Tuesday is May the Fourth, Star Wars Day. Problem is, we've all seen all the Star Wars movies. But we're going to do something special. We're going to take a look at George Lucas's inspiration for the original Star Wars, a film that he pulled a lot from, and a film that none of us have seen, but it's been on our list for a while. We're going to take a look at the Akira Kurosawa film, The Hidden Fortress. And we're going to talk about, we're going to do some deep dives into the. comparisons between that and Star Wars. Um so if you haven't seen The Hidden Fortress, you can check that out before next Tuesday, May the 4th. Uh, we might might even do some Star Wars uh, trivia leading into that. So yes. uh and I have an idea for Revenge of the Fifth I want to run by you guys after the sh- after the show. So okay. just th- put, throw that out there. Um but yeah, that's that does it for uh today's show if you're watching us on twitch go ahead and make sure to hit that follow button if you're watching us on facebook go ahead and hit that like button uh you can also listen to our show on all major podcasting platforms spotify apple Podcasts, google podcasts um you can subscribe to our youtube channel and watch all of our shows the day after we record them and but with better sound quality because we all record our sound and i put that (laughs) put that version on youtube because that's where it lives forever. Um, so until May the 4th, um, for you, <laughs> you Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And I didn't
2: freeze, guys.
0: You, you, you <laughs> just froze. It's very ironic. <laughs> you jinxed it. Did I? Yeah. Did I? You did. You did. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. All right, guys. Until next time. We'll see ya. I don't got a closing line for alien. Yeah. How do you do that?
1: I, I, I don't know. <laughs> 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 That's what I wanted.